0: I'm Damien Fowler.
1: And I'm Elise LaFrang.
0: And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast.
1: This week, we sit down with Kim Garnito, the head of marketing at AMC Networks.
0: AMC Networks is a global entertainment company with a broad range of programming across its linear channels, which includes AMC, IFC, and the Sundance channel, and its streaming platforms such as AMC+, Akon TV, and Shudder.
1: The company is behind some of the most celebrated and acclaimed original content in this golden age of television. Everything from Mad Men to Breaking Bad to The Walking Dead. In short, it has built loyal and engaged fan communities.
0: Kim was promoted to head of marketing in April of this year. After more than a decade as a marketing leader at the company, Kim helped devise AMC Network's Content Room, a studio that allows brands and content creators to collaborate.
1: You know, we've written a lot about how streaming had a really large presence at Cannes this year, and I understand that it was your first time. How did you find the festival?
2: So this is our second year with boots on the ground at Cannes, and it was my first festival. And, you know... First impression, I was blown away by the wide array of brands and partners on ground. And it was really interesting to see a lot of the streaming brands toe step into this space. And and I don't know that anyone completely nailed it, but it's definitely, I think, a space that's worth exploring um, and, and being at as streaming sort of continues to become more and more integrated.
1: I also want to just say congratulations on your promotion, nearly three months And I mean, really, you've been at AMC for more than 10 years at this point. But um, how does it feel?
2: It feels really good. I'm really excited about this job. On a personal level, for me, it's the culmination of a lot of different roles I've had in the past. I, I spent my entire career in entertainment marketing from consumer promotions and events to media and strategy to most recently on the integrated marketing side. So to have all of those marketing functions in one place, it's kind of, it's like a marketer's dream. It's a real great creative playground to play in. And I think there's real advantage to um, companies that can show up with one voice across multiple audience touch points, whether that's consumers or partners or advertisers. And you know, la- I think last week, Great example of this. We we just launched Dead City. It's a Walking Dead spin-off, New York City. We knew we wanted the city to be a backdrop. We did hordes of rock walkers throughout New York City. Teamed up with iconic locations: Katz's Deli, um, bagel shops, hot dog flats. But Verizon, who's a big distribution partner for us, took place with it in their flagship store in Times Square. Uh, Serve Pro was the sponsor for the series, and they did custom content around it. So it's sort of, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. And I'm now in a seat where I could orchestrate a lot of that really easily. So it's kind of a dream.
1: I understand, too, that your background is largely rooted in creative and marketing strategy. So in addition to leading integrated marketing, you also created the widely successful content room, which is AMC's in-house branded entertainment and creative studio. How do you see these creative ad opportunities fusing with some of the other like data-driven performance marketing initiatives for AMC?
2: You know, when we launched Content Room three years ago, the goal was to give our advertising partners full access to the massive fandoms we've amassed around these incredible IPs. And we felt it was really important to not just have another sort of in-house branded content studio. We wanted it to be really integrated. So within Content Room, we have a licensing team, a gaming team, uh, e-commerce, and we also have a studio that produces you know, over a dozen original series that grow out of our biggest IP. And um, what we found is that the this content that we're creating for advertisers is also becomes really meaningful consumer and audience content beats as well. So the, stu- the the studio that we have that is producing shows, I think a good example is we produced a show with Ray Seahorn from Better Call Saul, the show finale last year. She came to us with a passion project. She wanted to produce a slightly off hilarious comedy series called Cooper's Bar. Obviously... A bar has very easy endemic categories for advertisers who so are we like, yes, yes, yes. Um, we premiered the show between digital series between the two seasons of Better Call Saul. That audience was obsessed with her and her storyline. And the show did really well. And it's now actually coming back as a long form series uh, at the end of the year. So I think by really tapping into what we're seeing from um, an audience performance standpoint around our content and bringing that to life in market for advertisers we're creating stuff that isn't just another clip-based sort of advertising piece of creative it's like real shows which is exciting
0: so amc networks has you know a broad portfolio of different niche content all sorts of genres you know we talk about the walking dead but beyond that you know Mad Men, you've all sorts of incredible shows over, over the years, you also presumably can identify specific target audiences based across these different distinct genres. Could you talk a little bit about that and how that leads to, you know, ad opportunities for advertisers?
2: We like to say that we're not something for everyone. We're everything to someone. And that has been uh, our distinct positioning in market with advertisers and I think for consumers as well. We have the largest collection of targeted streaming services um, in the world. In the world. It sounds so so crazy, but um, it's, and that's a very different approach to what a lot of these big streaming companies are doing, which is everything for everyone in one place. So we have Acorn TV, which is home of international crimes and dramas for fans of that content. That offering goes really deep. Um, All black. For black voices and storytellers, uh, Shudder for horror and um, Supernatural fans. So it is a really interesting wide array of genres that we have to to play with. And we're very deliberately programming and marketing to the audiences around those services. Um, And we feel like that's a swim lane that is very distinct to us and allows us to be The the cherry on top to the average streamer's, you know, mix.
1: How would you say that targeting around genre can help marketers and advertisers?
2: I think it gives you a really clean space to play with, obviously from an audience standpoint. For us, we're able to leverage these genres beyond even what we're seeing on the streaming platforms because AMC Networks is a broad-based linear network and digital and has multiple digital streaming companies, we're able to sort of target those genres everywhere they live across our ecosystem and not just within the streamer itself.
0: At the same time, you know, because you have all these distinct categories, different channels, how do you sort of think about telling a cohesive brand story for the AMC networks?
2: It's two stories. It's sort of us as a whole and us in in parts. And the, the, the story in parts is like, the fun one because you get to dive deep into the individual brands and really have fun. And then the larger sort of AMC network story, that's a B2B one. And that is ultimately comes down to super serving distinct audiences in a way that is highly engaging and resonates with them. And I think when you connect that back to just go back to Content Room for a minute, you know, you can reach the Walking Dead audience on Linear and on AMC Plus, and we'll have an original series that's produced with an advertiser that is also theirs to distribute across their whole ecosystem, our whole ecosystem. It is a nice sort of 360, I hate sort of marketing jargon like that, but it is a really great 360 multi-touch point campaign that has built in success because we know what that audience wants and we're using data to inform what we're developing for them.
0: Do you see distinct uh, demographics according to genre or does it cut across?
2: Yeah, I think it. there's definitely distinct dem- demographics by genre. I think, you know, surprisingly, the shutter audience skews more female than you would think. I think, you know, on AMC+, Plus, it's, it's pretty gender balanced and um, a little bit older. You know, I think it de- really depends on who you're talking to. And, you know, each show has a different audience, too. So you can generalize the platform and the genre, but, you know, each show sort of brings in its own mix of people
0: as well. For you, what are the kind of chief challenges? Because this is a space that's changing very quickly. You know, how important is content and marketing to you? You know, and how, you know, reactive do you have to be right now and at this current time?
2: We are really focused on our unique approach in market, which is, every, you know, everything to someone. We do think there are opportunities around bundling. We talked about Shutter a little bit, but AMC Plus is bundled with Shutter and Sundance now and IFC Films because of the content synergies there. Um, and we are obviously hyper-focused around the, the economics of our business. You know, shows on a lot of those targeted streamers cost significantly less than a Sunday Night Original on AMC. So we're able to scale the content that we deliver to those catch and point audiences in a way that's meaningful enough to maintain engagement um, and keep them on the platform for long periods of time.
0: You know, we talk about streaming being fragmented, a fragmented space. At the same time, we're also watching consolidation. Uh, We recently saw, you know, some big names move their content together. I won't necessarily name them, but, you know, do you think AMC, uh, is that something on the cards for AMC, Uh, you know, how – Best to monetize, I guess, is the underlying theme.
2: We feel like we have a really defined lane that we're in, and we are very flexible and opportunistic with what we have across the portfolio. And you know, I just mentioned this, but we bundle, we bundle AMC Plus with Shutter and Sundance Now and IFC Films. Um, but I, you know, this is this is working for us really well, and it feels distinct and special. So you know, we feel pretty good about our positioning in market.
1: You know, along with consolidation, there's just been a lot of change over time in the streaming space. I'm thinking specifically about like the emergence of like fast channels too. And I know AMC has a lot of those going on. Um, what would you say has changed AMC's business at this time? Can you walk me through perhaps some of the moments when you realized something had to change? So we have a pretty concerted Avod
2: fast strategy. We have 15 channels across seven partners. Uh, Those are ad-supported platforms. We're able to monetize those with our advertising partners. And those are full original expressions of the brands where they are. You know, by doing this, again, we're able to, for our partners, bring them
1: along at every single touch point. And for our audiences, we want to make it easy for them on where to find it. To what extent have you been surprised by the data on AMC and its properties, of course, um, around like subscribers and how has this data driven investments in new original content to satisfy these audiences?
2: You know, our, our programming strategy is really focused on doubling down on the franchises and audiences that we have. I know I've, I've, I've said that before, but you know, it's shows like The Walking Dead franchise just finalized last year. We have three spinoff series. We invested in Nan Rice's Universe. We have two series out from that world, another one coming next year. Orphan Black has its first spinoff series coming. We also look at talent that lives within sort of the AMC brand space as a big sort of programming filter. So Taking Better Call Saul Bob Odenkirk, we just launched Lucky, Lucky Hank. Gina Carlo Esposito has a show Parish coming out next year. We did the content room series Cooper's Bar with Ray Seahorn. Um, and we, we you know, we're looking at, you know, how those audiences show up, what characters, actors, genres pop with them, and we use that as sort of the way to develop against them.
0: One of the things you said just then was very interesting. You know, you talked about how you kind of keep the, it's a home for certain talent, right? Better Call all. Your you're kind of creating this almost universe in a way. Can I use, use, call it universe? But I really think that that's a very smart move because it's like, you know, it's not one and done. It's then you kind of extending that brand idea into content. That's, a, that's an interesting strategy.
2: I don't know that you have to recreate the wheel every time. If you have something that works and you have an audience that keeps coming back, like double down on that. Walking Dead for over a decade was the number one show on cable. Um, We just premiered Dead City on Sunday. It did incredibly well. These audiences still want more from these IPs and talent that they love.
0: And speaking of, you know, this sort of like um, audience kind of enthusiasm around, around the show is, We've got to talk about premieres and how that works because, you know, streaming in lots of ways has redefined the concept of the premiere, right? Can, could you speak to that a little bit?
2: We talk a lot about like, what is a premiere? Because a premiere for me is not a premiere for you. And there's linear, which is obviously really important. And you need to drive eyeballs to that 10th pole moment. But on streaming, a premiere is when you find the show. I, I just started watching last week at Discovery, which is on AMC+. It's a great show. If you like a uh, uh, creature, a uh, forbidden creature, love. It's amazing. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. It just premiered for me. That show came out years ago. We're able to now, with advanced targeting, figure out who has seen what, when, and and market a lot of these shows is entirely new, with you know really strategic value proposition campaigns in market, which is exciting. It's you know it's a it's a it's kind of a blank canvas every time, even though a show might have peaked 10 years ago.
1: Do you see the same viewership across, say, a new original piece of content versus um, like the witches drama that you just mentioned?
2: We have a year-long on-ground sort of retention marketing strategy, which includes a lot of those shows, uh, the library content. But there is definitely a tentpole, more tentpole approach to the the big originals, um, because of the linear piece and how important that is for us. But a show like Mayfair Witches, which premiered at the start of the year, is still our number one acquisition driver. And we still have a pretty significant streaming campaign and market around that because viewers are still discovering it. So the same no, it's different. It sort of is a a bit of a a roller coaster from a viewing standpoint. And when we see a peak, we try to double down on that.
0: Is there a pressure on, you know, content-rich platforms such as yours uh, to constantly be kind of producing more and more new scripted dramas. And what does that mean in the context of what's happening now with, you know, the WGA Writers' Strike? Does that put pressure uh, on a a company like yours?
2: I think it's really, from an acquisition standpoint, it's obviously important to constantly be churning out new content. Uh, The Writers' Strike... From, from our standpoint, we're in a pretty good place from now through the end of, of next year. But, you know, it, it, it does, it, for sure, something like that puts pressure on the entire industry because so much is reliant on new content. But, you know, we feel like we're in a, in a pretty good place and our fingers and toes are crossed that this is going to sort of resolve itself soon.
0: Are there any really big shows that you want to mention coming up? That you know, I know this isn't the upfronts, but <laughs> it could be. Could be a podcast upfront.
2: Oh my gosh, we have a lot of really good stuff coming up. Telemasca, which is the third installment from the Anne Rice universe, is is premiering next year. That franchise is one that is so ripe for creative marketing extensions. Um, we did something really fun. I know this is not the question, but we did something really fun around the launch of Interview with a Vampire in the e-commerce space. We launched a night market and it was open only during vampire hours, sunset to sunrise. So anything around that franchise where there are genre fans like that gets me really excited from my marketing seat. The other show that I am crazy excited about is Daryl, which is the second show that's coming out of The Walking Dead. I think this is a, this is a ripe franchise. It's been around for over a decade, but this is the show that has the opportunity to bring in an entire new audience and, and sort of renew the franchise to new people, get wives to start watching with their husbands, coworkers to bring their friends along for the first time. So it's a new audience strategy around an old franchise. So that's also another really
1: fun one. And that's it for the current podcast. Stay tuned, because next time, we'll be speaking with Susie Watford, the Chief Growth Officer for SiriusXM.
2: SiriusXM is brilliant at recommending you new music and how you balance that with control and personalization and how you get that mix right. But it's also really interesting, the comparisons with community across the multiple channels and stations that we have. So it's really interesting to think about how we can build on that in
0: order to grow. The current podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Calibre. The current team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Bessie.
1: And remember,
2: we have the largest collection of targeted streaming services in the world. And that's a very different approach to what a lot of these big streaming companies are doing, which is everything for everyone in one place. I'm
1: Elise,
0: And I'm Damien.
1: And we'll see you next time.